What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host Ken Milam and John Swan as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. Well, howdy, Mr. Milam. You got some big Good plans morning, coming sir. up? Uh, I'm going to make some barbecue, and I'm going to make this sauce, and then one of these days I'm going to give you all the recipe to this sauce, and uh, what else? Uh, starting starting right off with flying. the teaser. Oh, I got <laughs> to uh, I got to do one thing. No, no, no. I need to move my beast. Do I start? And you may want to start, talk about this a little bit later. When do I need to start stacking my medium zone? Do I need to do it before I move my bees or after I get the bees to my next spot? We'll end there and then we'll talk about that later in the show. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we can talk about it right now. Um, oh, okay. The, uh, the only thing with that is, um, well, yeah. So hi, everybody. We're, we're just going to hit the ground running <laughs> apparently today. Um, well, no, I don't run anymore. I did that when I played football. Oh, okay. I just kind of shuffle along now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so it depends on the scenario for like, if you separate those two questions, instead of making them one thing, when do I add additional boxes is when the colony is big enough to defend it and it's justified to do so. So if it's a box of undrawn foundation or empty foundation or empty frames, uh, Mm -hmm. foundationless, anything like that, where they're going to have to draw wax, then you need to either be feeding them the one-to-one solution or there needs to be an active nectar flow going on for them to want to draw that out. If it is a box of already drawn comb, you can Mm -hmm. add it to a colony even without like a heavy nectar flow because they don't need to draw any wax out. It's already done for them, but Mm -hmm. they need to be big enough to guard it. So if you've got a full deep colony and only half Mm -hmm. of the frames are being utilized and the other half are empty, you don't need to add another box to it. They're not big enough to guard Mm -hmm. what they've got, let alone having two. If you've got a full deep colony and they're, you know, overflowing out of it and every single frame in there is completely utilized and completely covered in bees and they're drawing burr comb and gluing down the tops of the lid and the inner cover, then yeah, you can definitely add that extra box and give them the space. Now, on the other side of it, though, you want to move bees to your other property in another county. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a different scenario. So I would say, first off, I would probably, it, like, let's pretend you're going to be doing this within a week, right? Like, you're going to be doing this. We'll be doing it next week. Yeah, okay. So, if you're going to be doing it relatively soon, I would load the bees up exactly the way they are today. Okay. And then once I get them out there, I would have all the additional things ready and then do it. And I only say that because you and Max are going to have to be picking these up and moving them. And the more yeah. boxes you add to it, the heavier it's going to be to pick each of those up. And right now, if they're just a single deep box, it's easier to strap down a hive with one deep box and put that into a truck than it is a hive with two or three boxes. Yeah. It's going to be easier to maneuver. It's going to be lighter. So literally Mm -hmm. just from the perspective of ease of lifting and moving and then ease of unloading, since how it's all going to be done by hand and you're not, you know, using forklifts and stuff, um, I would wait until I got out there. So you're going to have all of your hives you're taking you're going to put them on the truck trailer and then you're going to ha- take all of your additional boxes that you will be adding once you get out there, plus your feeders, mm-hmm. plus all of the food that you're mm-hmm. going to take with you. And you're going to have that 
on the trailer or in the bed of the truck or whichever, right? And then right. load the colonies, you know, pick the ones you're going to take, load them up, drive them out there to Mason, get them all set up, have their stands and stuff good to go, put the colonies on their stands, then open them up, preferably... <laughs> It, this is going to be kind I'm of a tricky situation. Two or three situation. days later, I was going to say home first. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this could be a tricky situation because if it is a up and back trip, and it has to be mm-hmm. done in the same day, then no. you're going to be dealing with some pissed off bees. Well, but if you're going exactly right. to if you're going to drive up one day, stay the night, and come home the next day, then you can unload them and get them set up, open up the colony so that the bees can fly and get oriented and then come back the next day when they've had a chance to calm down from the drive and add the additional boxes onto it. But if you don't have that luxury of time, then you just do it and have your suit on and make sure all your stuff is sealed up and you just deal with the repercussions of a pissy colony that's not happy with being bounced down the highway. Well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to that lady in Austin, and I'm going to get those Zen bees that she works with <laughs> and start carrying those Zen bees around. And so they're all out there sunning on top of the of the, of the, of the hive and, and not worrying about nothing. And, oh, well, we're just going to have to go out and find some honey around this place. And, <laughs> oh, here, they already put us a new home in here. Oh, well, we've moved up. We're... Uh, Moving on up to the other colony. No, moving on up to the other medium. So I'll quit now while I get while I don't so I don't get on a soapbox. Well, um, yeah, save save those soapboxes because it's it's funny that you mentioned that, but we will absolutely talk about that in the bonus episode this week because I have a couple of things to say in regards to that comment. Um, but we'll mm-hmm. save that for later. So yeah. um the other things to consider when when you do get out there and you're setting up the colonies is, is food because right now, especially for us, we're kind of in a delay. So, well, that's the other flip side of that too. So keep that in mind. We'll come back to that part, but we're, we're in a delay for our spring because of that massive epic deep freeze that covered the whole state. Our plants that would have already been blooming got horribly knocked back. So I have now uh, five different blue bonnets that have, come back out of the shock and are, are yep. making plants, but they're not making flowers. I still have not we seen a flowers. single flower. Do you have flowers on we yours? We got flowers up here. Oh yeah. We got Good. a lot of flowers up here already. Good. Cause like the ones here, they're not, they, they haven't done it yet. So everything is kind of delayed. You know, there, there's not the fields of flowers. So we are, we are severely like stunted <laughs> at the moment on where we're at with our nectar flow in the plants and everything out there. And because of that, some of the colonies may not grow as fast as they normally would. The ones that are being allowed to do it naturally, they may be delayed. Any plant, any, or any, <laughs> there you go, plants again. Any colony, though, that has been stimulated, well, that colony, you know, you, you're going to have to keep watching it and monitoring it because there's some stuff out there. They are bringing in pollen. Oh, they're, yeah. they're finding flowers somewhere, but it's not the prolific flowers that we would normally have this time of year. Now, they will come. They're going to get there. All of that being said, you're getting ready to move bees to a property that is several hours away that you do Mm. not visit on a regular weekly basis. No, I don't. And so now you're going to be in a, yeah, and and that's exactly what I was going to say. Now you're going to be in a scenario where you only see these colonies once a month. Mm -hmm. So to start off for you in your situation, you're going to take your deep box colonies out there. 
You're going to set them up. And I'm going to say you want to take two mediums to start off for every colony that you're taking out there. And I know that you've done this. Well, no, 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 no. Not just scratch that from your mind whatsoever. That's later. Okay. This is not about honey harvest at this point in time. This is about you can't be there to see what they need when they need it. That's all. All right. So you're going to take two mediums out there with you. Preferably, one of those mediums, in your case, is all drawn comb, and one of them is all empty foundation. Now, I do know, because you had said previously on another episode, that you've mixed your boxes to where it's one drawn, one empty, one drawn, one empty. Right. So in reality, that's the same thing as one empty box of foundation and one full box of drawn comb. Mm -hmm. You've just mixed them together, and that's perfectly fine. Um, but the reason for taking the two boxes out right now and a ton of food is because there's not a lot of flowers out there at the moment to support the growth. And no, you're not, not going to really. be able to check them and feed them every week like you would the ones there at your house. So you're going to take a lot of extra space and a lot of extra food and you're going to give it to them all at once in this scenario because hopefully you're taking strong colonies out there that are already ready for oh, an I extra am. box anyway. And Mm -hmm. you'll put the box of drawn comb directly above the current box, the deep box. Then you're going to put the empty box of comb, if this is how everybody sets it up, on the very top. If you have already intermixed them, that's perfectly fine. Just leave it that way. Then you put your feeder up there. And this is the the one time you're going to hear me invalidate what we talk about when it comes to feeding. Because usually you always hear is, don't feed more than one quart at a time and no more than two quarts a week. And that's it because you don't want a huge influx of sugar and nectar mixed together and then capped potentially. And then you don't know what's what. And when you do your honey harvest, you end up harvesting dehydrated sugar syrup instead of honey. So that's the normal rule of thumb. But if you think about it, if it's a booming time of year and they need a lot of food and there's not a lot of food available and you're feeding them two quarts a week, and you do that for four weeks, well, in the course of that time, you fed them a gallon or more of sugar syrup, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're not going to be able to check them at least, but once a month. So therefore, you can go ahead and feed them a full gallon per colony up front right off the bat yep. because they're going to have four weeks to go through it before you come back out there. And they'll use yep. that to continue raising their brood and build out the wax on the frames that didn't have any drawn comb on them. And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of how you're going to set that up. But that's not your permanent setup. So that's why I said don't worry about the one for them, one for you concept. Because that's mm-hmm. just getting them out there and making sure they're going to do okay to start off. Then yep. you come back a month later. And when you come back a month later, you bring at least one additional medium box for all of those colonies. Okay. So now you started off with three boxes. Now you're going to add a fourth. Mm-hmm. And then when you come back in May you bring another box and you add it on and now you're going to have a fifth to the colonies that need it. Let me put it that way. If you come back out there and you look and they haven't touched a single frame of the undrawn foundation and drawn it out, then they don't need Mm -hmm. that new box yet. Um, But if they have done great and they're drawing it out and everything, then you just continue adding boxes every visit with the rate of how they're drawing out the other boxes that you had previously and you'll be good to go. And, and if there is a good, nectar flow out there then you can end up with a minimum two boxes per colony of honey to bring back home if not more and that's the hope but yep what was it that you just said that i said hold on to that thought and we'll talk about it in just a minute 
Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, I know. La Nina. Yeah. But, you know, one thing also, you, <laughs> what's the old saying? April showers bring May flowers. So bring them, take the bees over there now, put two boxes. Then May, I'll put another box on top of that. Now, should I do the bottom box? If I wanted to put full drawn out comb, would that be the box right on top of the brood box? And yes. then do the every other one full drawn out comb foundation, comb foundation. Then the next one would be the mixed one. Probably the next one above that too. Well, you don't, so you don't have to <clears throat> continue mixing them. Usually mm -hmm. the, the mixing of the frames is more when you first put on that very first box, like it can be tricky, especially if there's not any brood up there and they, they're not inclined to go up because truly putting a box above a colony is invalidating mm -hmm. their bee space and not the natural way that a colony would grow. So okay. sometimes colonies can be a little reticent, they're hesitant to move up into that section and actually start building out the comb. Once they do though, and they get into that process, then it just goes, right? So when you mm -hmm. mix every other one, you're, you're giving them drawn comb above them that they can immediately utilize, which encourages them to move up in there faster. And then the opposite comb being empty undrawn foundation invalidates bee space. So they're going to go and draw that out to fill it up. So you can do that on the first box above them, but you don't have to keep doing that. And you don't have to do it at all because there's going to be some beekeepers that don't have the luxury of having drawn comb. The only thing mm -hmm. they can do is add a box of empty undrawn foundation. And that's mm -hmm. that. And, and the rule that we follow for everybody out there who is in that scenario is you put that box of empty undrawn foundation up there. They move up into it. They start drawing it out. And when they have drawn out 90% of the box, then you add another box. So that's if it's a 10 frame box, when they've drawn out all of the frames in the center, all the way out to the edges, and at least the inner portion of the outer frame on either side, then you pull those frames out, turn them, put them back in and add your next box. So that's that 90%, you know, all, but technically quote unquote, all but the ninth frame, but in reality, it's split between two frames, half on one mm -hmm. side of the and half on the other. Um, that's when you add that other box on there. So okay. for you, you don't have to mix them all. If you want to, you can. You can put every, you know, every box you put on that colony, if you've got all that drawn comb, every box you put on there can be every other one is drawn and one's empty. And then that way they'll draw them out and, and you'll get 50% of your frames will be brand new wax. And there's, that's perfectly fine, but there is no hard and fast rule to it. Except the one thing I would not necessarily do is if you took a box of drawn comb and a box of empty foundation, I would not put the empty foundation on top of the brood box and then put the drawn comb on top of that and leave this big void of space between the two. Yeah. Because they're ultimately not going to end up going up and guarding that top box. And then that could cause other issues. So if you are adding drawn comb, add it directly above the colony and then put your box of empty comb or empty foundation above that. Now on these guys, that's trying to save a dollar. They're buying, they're buying the foundation, you know, just got into it and they're buying foundation and, and they get that stuff and, uh, it's just plastic or, or it has been dipped once, uh, or twice. And then if you're, if somebody's sitting there thinking, well, look at this acorn, it's triple wax look at it and it does have a lot of wax on it folks but the people that buy the cheap stuff that's not been triple waxed or it's not heavily waxed 
what can they do to help their bees on foundation? Put wax on it. <laughs> okay. Okay. That was a leading question. Ken knows full well. He, know does, exactly he does it all the it time. <laughs> now I even waxed my fi- frames that now, not that acre and triple waxed. I didn't re wax. I didn't wax those, but now if they were just wax frames, you know, that's all they said. Waxed frames. I put more wax on them. And, uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, last year I put some of those, uh, frames in that were just a wax frame. They built them out, but they didn't fill them full of honey, but they built them. They, they drawed them out, but, uh, then it got too late and we pulled those boxes off. Yeah. So, so they wouldn't have to fight, fight bees and try to keep those safe. Some of the, some of the things that people will see when you're adding brand new comb. No. When you're adding brand new frames that have just the plastic core foundation to them, to a colony, Mm -hmm. sometimes, especially, you know, some of the mass produced ones like that you'll get from man, Lake and date ant, they won't necessarily have a lot of wax on them. And so when you put that in there, they may draw it out, but they may also strip the wax from the bottom sections and use it to start and add on to the top sections. And you'll end up with at the, at the best side of it, you'll end up with just a partial drawn frame, but it's all flush and go in the direction it should on the worst side of it. You'll end up where they actually build up off of the plastic and then out in front of it, or they come at a completely perpendicular angle to where they're supposed to be building and they build burr comb and do weird stuff to it. And if that's the case and you're looking at a frame and it's got comb on it, but the comb's not actually touching the frame, it's not touching the foundation, it's in front of it. Um, or if it's turned at the perpendicular and it's coming out from the comb or the comb's mm-hmm. coming out from the frame towards the the next frame, then you mm-hmm. need to actually just scrape all that off. Uh, it's going to cause, you know, they keep B space. And so if they've got weird shapes in there, they're just going to make more weird shapes to accommodate that B space. So scrape it back down as soon as you catch it, scrape it back down, ball it up into as tight of a ball of wax as you can get, and then turn right around on that same frame and scrub it back and forth from top to bottom, crisscross side to side and put all of that wax back onto the frame by, by rubbing it like a cheese grater. Basically it'll build up the wax on all of the cells of the foundation And when you put it back in there, they will then be more encouraged to draw it all out. Now, what Ken had mentioned is the preemptive measure to that, which is when you first buy them, don't just trust that they've got enough wax on them unless you're doing. So he keeps mentioning Acorn. That is an actual brand of foundation that has deeper pockets and sharper edges to it. And they do triple wax them. So the bees are more inclined to draw out the full frame evenly like they should. Um, But you can do that at home. And and even if you like are recycling frames and you've stripped one down and you need to put new wax on it before you put it in there, that's the same concept. You can take wax that you already have that you've melted down and you've got it in chunks or blocks and you can rub it real vigorously back and forth and up and down and crisscross Mm -hmm. and do it that way. Or you can melt it down and get a roller and you can roll it quickly across the foundation as well so that it's been coated. Um, mm-hmm. There's You can dip it if you've got a big enough thing where you can keep the wax hot. You can actually dip the foundation 
into the wax and pull it back up. Usually once from that perspective is plenty. Um, you don't want to fill up the bottoms of the channels of each of the cell imprints. Um, but yeah, those are the things that you can do when you first get your foundation before you ever actually install it into a colony to help ensure that the colony will accept it better and will draw it out evenly and completely. Mm-hmm. Was that and the answer what, you were looking for? <laughs> yeah. And what we found is take a, just a hot plate, you know, like electric hot plate, set your, what you're melting your wax down into that, set your wax into that, set it on the hot plate and you can adjust your, once you've melted the wax, then you can turn it way down just to keep it warm and then take a six inch paint roller with the, uh, all that gray, uh, it's not styrofoam. What is it? It's the gray, it's the gray plastic, uh, that slides up on the roller. It's, it's, it's not a nap. It's, it's, a, it's just that, that gray, I can't think of it's it. Not a, it's not, it's not one of the, the cloth or foam ones that's made no, to absorb. No, no, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is just the gray one and you can get them six inches perfect to to uh just roll down a medium uh and it works great uh max has been doing it he started that last year and then he, he found the uh triple waxed acorn and he says dad look at this and they're not they're pretty reasonable they're not bad at all oh and also now that that's where i was wanting to go should i use wood or use the full one piece plastic wood medium use the wood yeah the reason for that is and and again to clarify for everybody there are frames that the entire thing is plastic the mm-hmm. top the sides and the center piece is it's all, all plastic. one piece it's and then you've got piece. your wooden frames which is literally a wooden frame with a plastic insert in the center mm-hmm. that has the imprint of the comb um, the reason mm-hmm. for us here in central texas that i say use the wood is because the plastic will warp it will get hot enough in the summertime, especially after a couple of years of use, that plastic starts to get brittle and it gets so hot here that it will start to bow and bend and it will do it at a weird, almost like if you're holding the frame in your hands and you tilt your right hand forward and pull your left hand back, how it kind of creates a weird at an angle warp to it. They will actually do that. Um, and they, they can get brittle. They can break apart. So I would say wood, the wood actually absorbs the pheromones from the bees. It mm-hmm. absorbs the propolis and stuff. So it actually kind of gets treated in a, in some sense. Um, and it's more natural. It's not solid plastic that you're putting down inside there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Natalie would <laughs> sure say wood. Yes. But Natalie would also tell you that you don't need to be using plastic foundation at all. You need to let the bees oh. draw their own natural combs. Oh. So you should pop the foundation out and use just the wooden frame with nothing no. in the center. What I have taken, I've got some, and what I've been doing on some of them, I just want some natural comb. So what I've been doing is much like what, exactly what we do with the top bars. I've been taking the popsicle sticks and sticking them in the groove, the top groove, gluing them in, and then just have the popsicle sticks up there so they can attach the, that to that and fill the frame up. Yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. That works as well. Keeps them straight too. <laughs> they do pretty good straight in a bees out. Yeah, they do pretty good in a frame about keeping it straight. In the top bar, they can get kind of goofy for sure. But in the frame, they will they will start up there at the top and they'll dry down and then they'll draw it over and they'll connect it to the sides of the frame. And eventually when it gets to the bottom, they'll connect it to the bottom. 
Um, but if not, if, if you just put a box of literally solid empty frames in there, well, then they may turn it and go at a funny angle. So you just got to watch it like you would a top bar and correct any of those so that you don't get cross combing later on down the line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's uh that's a definitely another way that you can do it. Um, yeah. so, so circling back, you know, I mentioned briefly, you said it and then you kind of changed the subject on it, but La Nina, uh, La yep. Nina affects different places, mm-hmm. you know, in different ways. So for us, the La Nina, the dry air, when it blows in, it creates less moisture in the air and less weather patterns that actually bring us the precipitation and moisture that we need. And at the moment, mm-hmm. we are actually behind. So the state of Texas is mm-hmm. already in a drought. We're behind on the amount of moisture that we should have gotten for the, the last part of last year and the first part of this year. And yep. with La Nina like coming in in full force, that means we have even less chances of precipitation than what we would have had normally. And with it already being in a drought, they're predicting the next two months out, look for us, is going to be hotter than normal and drier than normal, mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. it could suck this year. The The plants that do bloom may not bloom for as long. There may not be as many of them. And they could stop. Like our summer dearth very well could happen way sooner than we expect. Like some years, the year before last and a little bit of last year, it drug out almost into the third week of July, which is rare. Um, this year, who knows? It may stop at the tail end of June. You know, it, it just yeah. you can't can't necessarily predict what will or won't happen. But that's the long range forecast for us, and it's really kind of interesting. But you had told me, and I, I wasn't aware of it until you actually brought it up. But you told me that Australia, parts of Australia at the moment, are having the opposite effect. Yeah, there's rivers in South Wales that are they were showing where it's flooding houses. So uh, if y'all want us to get rid of some rain down in you know Australia, <laughs> send it our way. Box and send it to us. We will we will accept it, even though you know it might have some kind of bugs in it. We will still accept it and keep rain up here. Um, we we can't send boxes down there. Is what I was making. Yeah, don't don't put it in a box and send it to us. Uh, send the entire <laughs> weather pattern to us. That yeah, would be more exactly preferable. Yeah. I would be a little leery of opening a box of water that has bugs in it. <laughs> that that may yeah, be uh, sketchy. Uh, New South Wales. We had somebody on the show that was from New South Wales. That's the, oh, that's where Jumba, Jumba, Bombajera, Bombajera, Jarabombra, Jarabombra honey comes from. Oh, I hope it ain't washing over all that away. We need some Jarabombra honey. <laughs> I quit now. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, Catherine, if you're uh, if you're listening, let us know if everything is okay. If your hives are okay, hopefully, you know the flooding is not affecting any of the beekeepers, and your colonies are on high enough ground that it's not an issue. But if it is, you know our our thoughts are with you down there. Hopefully, that uh, does not affect anything. It kind of actually reminds me of California. It's either hot, dry, and so arid that a single spark burns down half the state, or Mm -hmm. it's raining so much that there are mudslides and torrential flooding. (laughs) Yeah. It's extreme. It's a very extreme place. Where's Brett live? He moved, so I'm not sure what the new, what his new place is. Yeah, he's still out there. He sends us messages on Patreon more times than not. Um, He'll he'll comment on some of the, the show things or say, good job, guys. He did finally get his his gift 
And he did uh, tell us that, you know, it's all right, but uh, he still would have preferred your handmade knife. <laughs> <laughs> Can't send it. Oh, yeah. I, need to I mean, we can, but there was a lot rat. of permitting involved. And he was like, yeah. I order that kind of stuff all the time and they ship it down here. And I'm like, yeah, well, when I looked into it, there was a lot of loopholes. <laughs> uh, now, but Brett, we do need, I do need, I need some avocado honey, avocado uh, being that dark honey. And I'll tell you why later on, or maybe in an episode from a barbecue sauce. And that's you'll where hear. I quit. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear about that next. Hey, like that. Next Monday, you'll hear about that next Monday. Okay. Next That'll Monday. be our, our, uh, Ken's cooking corner segment is the last week of every month, the last Monday of the month. And so that will be our next week's episode. You'll have Ken's cooking corner on there. And then, uh, the following week is the first Monday of April. And that one will be including our natural beekeeping corner segment with Natalie. Uh, we do have an interview lined up with Tara Chapman from two hives, honey that will be coming out somewhere in the first part of uh, April. So look forward to that. I don't know that it will be the very first episode of April. It might be the second week of April, but that'll be on its way pretty soon. So there's lots of goodies in the works there for everybody to be keeping an eye out for. I think uh, that actually kind of sounded like a wrap up. So (laughs) be keeping. No, 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 not yet. Now a guy asked one more thing. Didn't Tara work for the CIA at one time? Well, uh, go back and listen to the interview that we did with her in season one or two. And that'll answer that question. Yeah, (laughs) she did. So she, she's a badass. Oh dear. (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the end? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Family. Y'all be good. We'll see y'all again. Be good, everybody. Bye-bye. The show might be over for now, but the sting won't last long. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast as we'll be swarming in with new episodes Mondays of each month. Until then, behave yourselves.